Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome into this episode of La Liga Lowdown. I'm your host, Jim McTeer, and I'm bringing you the next episode in our series where we tell the story of every club in La Liga. We've got a really special one this time around as we're going to be telling the story of Sevilla Football Club. This is one of the most successful Spanish clubs as they've had so many great moments, especially of late. Let's take a listen to what a few of their most recent successes sounded like. El Sevilla hace el cuarto... Serio correctivo para el Midesbra, el Sevilla va a entrar por primera vez en Europa, pero lo va a hacer por la puerta más grande posible. Sevilla se va a proclamar campeón de la Copa del Rey, el Sevilla en el minuto 92 con el gol de Don, Don, Don Jesús Navas. Ganar el Sevilla seis minutos y va a estar aquí otra vez la Europa League. Esto se escribirá en los libros de fútbol. Se escribirá en la historia del fútbol europeo. El Sevilla gana la sexta Europa League. Le gana 3-2 a los italianos. El Sevilla es campeón de la UEFA Europa League. That was the sound of Sevilla winning some of the trophies in their ever-expanding cabinet. We heard their first UEFA Cup win. We heard one of their Copa del Rey triumphs and another European success to the Europa League win of 2020. They're sixth. As much as this is a club that has enjoyed the vast majority of its success in the 21st century, the club's 20th century was quite fascinating too. We're going to hear about how Sevilla Football Club came to be and how this was one of the earliest clubs around and we'll do so with Paco Pollitt telling the story. First though, before Paco comes in, we're going to hear a few bars of the club's centenary hymn. Sevilla FC are the shining light of Andalusian football but have international roots like many Spanish clubs. The city of Seville was home to many British immigrants in the 19th century. They brought football with them and the sport quickly caught fire in Spain's hottest city. 
On January 25th, 1890, a group of Spanish and British friends came together to form the first club in Spain dedicated solely to football, Sevilla Football Club. Sevilla played the first football match between two clubs in Spain soon after, winning 2-0 against Huelva Recreation Club, which is now known as Recreativo de Huelva. They finalized their registration on October 14, 1905, after countless meetings at the local Café Tupinamba. The club gathered momentum after the arrival of former Espanol president Josep Maria Miró Trepat in 1907. He became president and brought a professional ethos to their organization, and they won 15 Copa Andalucía titles between 1915 and 1932. La Liga was then founded in 1928, but Sevilla didn't participate in its maiden edition after losing a qualifier to Racing de Santander. They won the Segunda instead, only to fail to gain promotion after losing again to Racing in a playoff. They had to wait until 1934, when they again won the Segunda to finally come up to the top league. Sevilla won the 1935 Copa del Rey in the first season in the Primera, back when it was called the Copa Presidente de la República, beating Sabadell 3-0 in the final. They failed to maintain this form, however, and only avoided relegation due to a final day victory over Atletico Madrid. Civil war broke out and paralyzed Spanish football for three years, but Sevilla were strong when it returned. They finished second in La Liga and won the Copa del Rey, now called the Copa del Generalísimo, for the second time in 1939, beating Racing Ferrol 6-2 in the final. Their fearsome strike force, composed of Cayuso, Torrontegui, López, Campanal, Raimundo and Berrocal, were nicknamed Los Stucas after the German bomber planes. Sevilla finished second again in 1943 before winning their first and only La Liga title in the 1945-46 season. Coached by Ramon Encinas, they won it on the final day of the season courtesy of a 1-1 draw with Barcelona. They won the Copa del Generalísimo again in 1948, beating Celta Vigo 4-1 in the final and finished second in La Liga in 1951. Times were good and the legendary coach Elenio Herrera took charge, leading Sevilla to a Copa del Generalísimo final in 1955 and building a squad containing talents like Antúnez, Alconero, Guillamón, Campos, Araujo and the legendary Juan Arza. Ramón Sánchez Pizjuán, the president who oversaw Sevilla's initial ascension to the Primera, died on October 28, 1956, and his loss was keenly felt by the club. But they rallied to finish second in 1957 the following season, earning them the right to compete in the European Cup for the first time, although they came up against the might of Real Madrid and fell in the quarterfinal. The Estadio Ramón Sánchez Pizjuán was inaugurated that September and the stadium's neighborhood, Nervión, is where Sevilla's nickname of Los Nervionenses comes from. Its construction wasn't cheap, and Sevilla struggled financially after its completion. They had to sell key players but managed to reach the Copa del Generalísimo final in 1962, while they also competed in the UEFA Cup Winners' Cup 2 for the first time that year, losing to Glasgow Rangers. But in the 1967-68 season, Sevilla were relegated after 31 consecutive years in the top flight. Yet, they bounced straight back up under Austrian coach Max Merkel to finish third in the Primera in 1970. As impressive as that was, they were relegated again in 1972 and this time they spent three seasons down in the second tier. 
The following campaign, that of 1972-73, is remembered for the tragic death of Pedro Berruezo, a Sevilla player who died of a heart failure mid-game. His story sadly isn't unique in the club's history, as we'll hear about later. 1973 saw the arrival of Sevilla's first black player, Bidi Bidi, a Gambian who became a cult figure and gave Sevilla's most famous ultra club, the Bidis Norte, their name. They returned to the Primera in 1975 and flirted with Europe throughout the 1980s, occasionally entering continental competitions. The Seville Expo in 1992 marked a reimaging of the entire city and Sevilla were optimistic under President Luis Cuervas. World Cup winning coach Carlos Villardo was appointed and Diego Simeone and Davor Zucker were signed. No addition was more high profile, however, than that of Diego Armando Maradona. Maradona raised the club's profile, but couldn't really deliver on the pitch. Sevilla finished 7th in his sole season there. In 1995, Sevilla hit the national headlines alongside Celta Vigo when they were administratively demoted to the third tier of Spanish football. A restructuring of Spanish football clubs was taking place at that time and it was alleged that those two clubs had failed to present sufficient guarantees in time to become limited companies, or SADs, Sociedades Anónimas Deportivas, as they are known in Spain. But thousands and thousands of fans protested in Seville and in Vigo and the decision was overturned. Sevilla and Celta Vigo were allowed to stay in Primera in a 22-team first division for the 1995-96 season. The following one though, Sevilla were relegated on the pitch and this time there was no let-off. They spent the next two seasons in the Segunda and 1999-2000 in Primera before going back down once again. But they would rise from this relegation like a phoenix from the ashes. Paco set it up perfectly there. The 21st century really did bring success that nobody at Sevilla could have predicted. To detail it all, and there is a lot of it, here's Roman de Arquer to pick up the narration. Sevilla are undoubtedly one of the best Spanish clubs of the 21st century. Their story for the past 20 years includes a vast amount of memorable moments and glorious nights. Their best years to come began on the 3rd of June 2001 after a 1-0 defeat over Tenerife in Spain's second tier. This result meant that Sevilla were mathematically champions of that division with two games to play and would shortly get promoted back to Primera División. Joaquín Caparrós was the manager who achieved this return and started laying the foundations for the future, together with who would become one of Spain's best directors of football, Ramón Monchi Rodríguez. During Caparrós' stay until 2005, he always managed to keep Sevilla in the top half of the standings, finishing in European positions in his last two seasons. He also enjoyed good runs in the Copa del Rey, including a semi-final in the 2003-2004 campaign. He was then given the chance to renew his contract, but decided he wanted to move on and live other experiences. And that's when Juan de Ramos came on board, taking Sevilla to another level. His success was immediate, winning the club's first ever UEFA Cup after finishing first in the group stage. They then went on to eliminate Lokomotiv Moscow, Lee, Zenit and Schalke 04, to then thrash Middlesbrough 4-0 in the final with goals from Luis Fabiano, Canute and Maresca who scored twice. And they did this while performing well in the domestic competition to finish 5th in the standings. But the following 2006-2007 campaign would be their best season of the 21st century and possibly of their history. In the league they finished 3rd within Champions League positions behind Spanish giants Barca and Real Madrid. 
The last time Sevilla had achieved such a good result in Spain's top tier was 37 years earlier. But the season had already started wonderfully after winning the European Super Cup against Barcelona by three goals to nil. They also won their fourth Copa del Rey after defeating Getafe in the final with an early goal from Canute and they went on to conquer their second consecutive UEFA Cup. It was in this competition where goalkeeper Andres Palop scored a crucial goal that would save Sevilla from elimination. After defeating Romanian side Steaua Bucharest, Sevilla were paired with an always complicated Shakhtar Donetsk. In the first leg, Sevilla conceded two goals at a home in a 2-2 draw, which wasn't a favourable result. Then in the away game, they were losing 2-1 in the 93rd minute until Palop headed in a pinpoint corner kick taken by Dani Alves to force extra time and ultimately win the game by 3-2. But Palop would once again be crucial in the final against Catalan side Espanyol. The game ended 2-2 after extra time, so the penalty shootout was to decide who would lift the title. And Palop stepped up to save three of the four shots taken by Ernesto Valverde's players, guiding Sevilla to more glory. The following campaign, they would again start the season with a title after defeating Real Madrid in the Supercopa de España. First with a 1-0 victory at the Sanchez Pizjuan and then with a thumping 5-3 win at the Santiago Bernabéu with Canute hat-trick. But among all these accomplishments, Sevilla's brilliance was tainted by Antonio Puertas passing away. On the 25th of August 2007, during the opening match day of La Liga against Getafe, Puertas suddenly collapsed due to a cardiac arrest. Despite that, he woke up and managed to walk off the field to the dressing room until he suffered further attacks and was immediately taken to a hospital. Three days later, on the 28th of August, the bad news was delivered and Porta died at the early age of 22. The squad found enough willpower to play the European Super Cup final three days later against AC Milan and managed to score first, dedicating their goal to him. But the Italians made a comeback to win 3-1. Ever since, Porta is fondly remembered in Sevilla and in the 16th minute of every game at the Sanchez Pizjuan, the fans clap for a minute. A great way to honor Porta, who wore the number 16 on his shirt. A couple of months later, Juan de Ramos surprised everyone by leaving the club and heading to Tottenham Hotspurs, where he would become the best paid football coach in the world. With his departure, Sevilla would see a total of 7 managers in 6 seasons, including Juan de Ramos. He was followed by Manolo Jiménez, Antonio Álvarez, Gregorio Manzano, Marcelino García Toral, Mitchell, and finally Unai Emery who arrived in 2013. In that period, until Emery took charge, Sevilla only managed one title, a Copa del Rey against Atlético de Madrid in 2010. But the Basque manager redirected the club in his first full season, taking Sevilla to win their fourth Europa League, formerly known as the UEFA Cup. As a matter of fact, Emery led Sevilla to three consecutive Europa Leagues, becoming one of the most feared clubs in Europe. Although in the domestic league results weren't as great, never finishing higher than fifth despite setting a new record for Sevilla in the 14-15 season with 76 points in La Liga. Since then, and after Emery's move to PSG in June 2016, Sevilla have been striving to find a balance in results between domestic and international competitions, and it seems they may have finally found the right man for the job with Julian Lopetegui. In the 2019-2020 season, he won Sevilla's sixth Europa League and his first club title, as well as finishing fourth in La Liga and doing this by playing a very convincing style of football. It now remains to be seen whether Lopetegui can take the club another step forward and actually become a title contender for La Liga. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So that was the recent history of Sevilla. Before we go much further, it's time now to discuss some of the club's greatest ever legends. As we do in each of these episodes, we ask one member of the La Liga Lowdown squad to select three all-time greats and Alan Feely is up to the challenge. Here's Alan to talk us through his list of three Sevilla icons. Choosing just three Sevilla legends wasn't easy. They're a club in a city that feel things intensely, dismissive of half-measures. They live football in full blood and this passion is transmitted from the stands de Sanchez Pijuan to the men that grace his turf. Juan Arsa is the first. Born in Navarra in 1923, he came through the youth system at Azara before breaking through as a senior at Alaves. He headed south for Andalusia at 19, joining Malaga for a season before moving to the region's capital and Sevilla. Arza spent 16 years in Sevilla, scoring 182 goals and 349 appearances. The forward led the line for the teams that won La Liga in 1946 and the Copa del Rey in 1948, serving as the figurehead of Sevilla's most successful period in the 20th century. He scored 57 goals across his first four seasons at the club, winning the only Pichichi in Sevilla's history when he hit 29 goals in 29 games in 1955. He spent the final season of his career with Atletico Almeria, but Arza returned to Sevilla in a coaching capacity across several interim stints. It is a lethal delantero, however, that he's best remembered. Freddy Canute is another. A ruthless marksman much like Arza, he was born in France in 1977 and broke through as a senior professional at Lyon. He was loaned out and sold to West Ham United in 2000, performing so well there that he earned a move to Tottenham Hotspur in 2003. It was in Seville, however, that he really caught fire. A Malian international, Canute spent seven years at the Sanchez Pijuan, scoring 131 goals in 284 appearances. He won the Copa del Rey in both 2007 and 2010 with Sevilla, as well as the Supercopa de España in 2007. It was in Europe, however, where his team really thrived winning back-to-back UEFA Cups in 2006 and 2007 and the UEFA Super Cup in 2006. Lightning quick in body and mind, Knude was a devout Muslim who refused to wear a gambling sponsor in a shirt so as to not compromise his principles. He retired after a year in China with Beijing Guan, safe in the knowledge that his Spanish legacy was secure. The third and final legend is the only one who can claim to be Sevillano as well as Sevillista. Born in Las Palacios in 1985, Jesus Navas embodies the modern-day incarnation of Sevilla. Slight, gypsy-eyed and indefatigable, he's one of the fittest men in the Spanish game. Navas joined Sevilla at 15 after representing Las Palacios as a youth, 
breaking into the first team alongside Sergio Ramos in 2003. He spent a decade at the Sanchez behind during his first spell there, playing with Canute to win two Copa del Reyes, the Supercopa de España, two UEFA Cups and the UEFA Supercup before joining Manchester City in 2013. He returned to the club in 2017, however, re-establishing himself as a favourite of the terraces and earning the captaincy. He led Sevilla to their sixth Europa League beating Inter Milan in the final and remains one of the Andalusian club's most consistent performers. With La Roja, Navas won the 2010 World Cup as well as the 2012 European Championship. Any telling of the Sevilla FC story would be incomplete without talking about the fans because they're a huge part of what makes this club what it is. Gregor Chappelle is La Liga Lowdown's Sevilla correspondent and attends the games at the Sanchez Peace One for us. He's seen the pre-match atmosphere many times and is going to describe it for us now. So here's Gregor on what makes Sevilla FC so special and why the city of Seville, where Real Betis are based too of course, why it's one of the best places to be if you love the beautiful game. Seville really is one of those footballing cities that can boast a real fierce rivalry between his two clubs, Sevilla and Betis. I mean, everywhere you go in the city, you see fans, young and old, kitted out in their team's colours, and it's one of those truly kind of tribal football in cities, and that's why I love it so much. And match day at Sevilla, it all starts with the Premier, um, before the game. Sevilla is a city where people are said to live on the street, and the streets in Nerbion around the stadium are just a sea of red and white on match day. Everyone's out flooding the streets with a sandwich and a beer, talking, or rather shouting at each other <laughs> um, about the game, having a sing-song, setting off flares. It's brilliant. It's exactly what you'd expect a match day to be like in Spain. The sun's shining. You've got the old man on the pipa stand. You've got the smell of the burger stall. And just the kind of general buzz of excitement before a game, it's, I love it, honestly, I love it. And the stadium itself is fantastic. The outside facade um, has been modernised in recent years, but it still has that feel of a kind of old classic stadium. The inside of the stadium, the tiers are so steep. I mean, when you're walking up them, they feel almost vertical. It's a workout getting up those stairs. And the fans are also so close to the pitch it just makes it a really intimidating ground for any visiting team. And the fans themselves are some of the best in Spain. I mean, Sevillanos are always very demanding of their side and they aren't shy about telling them when they're not happy. And the fans are so typically Andalusian as well and that they're extremely passionate, they're vocal, they're expressive and there's no better place to experience that Andalusian passion than at the Sanchez Pizjuan. You can always be sure as well that the Beeris Norte um, supporters group behind the goal in the north end of the stadium will be in full voice for the full 90 minutes. And I've actually got a friend um, who teaches in a school directly across from the stadium, from the Sanchez Peace One. And he's actually told me that sometimes in class, he actually can't give the class because of the noise coming from the ground. <laughs> and I mean, really, when that Imno del Sevilla plays just before kickoff, it really is something special and there aren't many better places and better experiences to be had in football, in my opinion. That's the lowdown on the Sevilla FC experience then. Something that all Spanish football fans really should make sure they get a taste of at least once. As we've heard throughout this episode, Sevilla FC is a special and successful club. Surely there's even more trophies 
to be one before long. For now though, this is the Sevilla FC story and I want to thank Paco Pollitt, Roman de Arker, Alan Feely and Gregor Chappell for their contributions to this telling of it. I've been your host, Hugh McTeer, and we are La Liga Lowdown. We've got many more podcast episodes available and you can always find our latest content by looking us up on social media. For now though, I just want to say thank you for listening to this one.